0: Welcome to the Soulful Sessions podcast with your host, Desiree Michelle. I am a women's empowerment coach dedicated to supporting women as they navigate the complexities of being human, heal their self-worth, and create happier and healthier lives. Each month on this podcast, I will bring you a guest or a message to help you feel inspired and empowered on the journey towards your version of soulful living. Here on the Soulful Sessions podcast, we cover topics like relationships, entrepreneurship, health and wellness, and so much more. Thank you for spending this time with me today. Now let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soulful Sessions podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest with us, Amanda Monier, who is a holistic healer and a new earth visionary. Amanda is on a mission to help more people connect with their own inner healer so they can shift into the embodiment of who they were meant to be on a soul level. I am so excited to share this conversation with you today. So without further ado, welcome here, Amanda
1: hi desiree thank you so much for having me i'm so happy to be here and thank you everyone for listening i'm so happy to have you on and i'm really looking forward
0: to diving into our chat today so you are here with me we are going to be chatting all things dark night of the soul And I can't wait to really get into it. But first, let's just start off by filling in the listeners a little bit more about who you are. So if you don't mind, can you just share with everyone um, a little bit more about what you do and who you are and just what inspired you to get into the line of work that you're in today?
1: Absolutely. So part of what inspired me was this dark night of the soul that I went through, but I'll come back to that in a moment. But I am a holistic healer. And I help people really peel back all the levels and layers of things that have really disconnected them from themselves at that soul level, because we all go through things that really just can be very heavy and dense. And then we continue to carry these things and repeat the same painful patterns. And so I'm just very, very passionate about helping people Unravel all of that so that they can step into the truth of who they really are. I truly believe we all have our own unique medicine, our own inner healer. And so I feel like it's about activating that and really harnessing our own personal power. So I feel that healing, in I'm more of a healing facilitator. I heard that word about six months ago. I was like, I really love that. So just again, just really, really through my journey. And part of what led me to getting into this was that I kept replaying these very cyclical patterns, these painful patterns. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's got to be more to this than really reliving this out on repeat. And for me, a lot of it was in dating and it was same man, different face, same story, very, very similar, at least. And so it was kind of not going too far back into it, but stemmed from some childhood patterning around my parents divorce and these really deeply rooted abandonment wounds and you know if my dad leaves then I'm not good enough for anyone type of story so it just speaks to the power of our belief and the agreements we make so the another kind of catalyst if you will was this painful breakup it all kind of ties to the relationship piece and that was I was a probation officer prior to Entering into healing work and a couple of years into my career in law enforcement, had this painful breakup that just brought all this density to the surface. And it was kind of like the universe saying, Okay, we're going to go all in this time. And I feel like I didn't really have a choice because it was all there. There was nothing I could do to stuff it any longer. So it was this external search later turned more inward, but just, okay, how can I release these things? How can I choose something else? And just learning what worked for me along the way, because it is our own unique journey. So I always remind people that there are so many different tools and things that we can use, but it's all comes back to what resonates with us at that deepest level. And that was also part of my process, which I'm sure we'll get into in a bit.
0: Mm, I love so much that you share about guiding people to become their own healers and access that part of themselves. Um, I noticed you use the word personal power, and that's something that I speak about a lot in my work as well, because I think that so much of the time when you're in a really dark and heavy place, it's easy to kind of outsource your power and think like, oh, this person or this course or this psychologist or this whoever will fix me. But the reality is no matter what pathway you take, whether it's yoga, counseling, coaching, healing, whatever it is, it's you who has to do the work at the end of the day. It comes back to you and your ability to be with the things that come up and move through it and integrate it and no matter what path you take, it all comes back to you being able to access this part of you that is so capable of healing and growing and transforming and transmuting all the stuff. So I love that you um, really focus on that with your clients and, you know, you and I haven't met in person before and I always find it so interesting how um, we kind of gravitate towards people who have similar stories to us or similar um, vibration and energy to us. And, you know, you and I have never talked about this on a personal level off air, but um, it sounds like your story around men and dating and childhood patterns is just so um, parallel and synchronistic to my story, which you know, I'm always just mind blown by when I connect with others who are kind of on this path and then we find out that we have these similar paths, which has led to the path that we're on now. So I think this is going to be a really um, juicy conversation and yeah, let's get into it. So I would love for you to kind of share with the listeners um, what inspired you to take more of a holistic path versus an unconventional path post-university. So I know you said that you were a probation officer, and now it seems like the work you're doing almost couldn't be more um, contrasting to that, I suppose. And I would love to hear just a bit more about what inspired you to take that path. And I also know that you know energy healing and some of these more unconventional methods are a big part of what you do. But part of your degree was in psychology, right? It was psychology and criminal justice. So I can imagine you would have been exposed to a lot more conventional pathways to supporting people while you were studying. And I'm really curious what kind of sparked your interest in the more unconventional holistic path?
1: Yeah, the first thing I would say is just like this inner knowing, this inner knowing that there was this missing piece of the puzzle and this more expansive thing available. And so I felt like that since I was little, and then it kind of got mucked up by the density and I became more disconnected from that, but I do remember it. So I would say first and foremost, it was that, that inner knowing. And then when I was in law enforcement uh, the last two years, prior to leaving, I was assigned to work in the homeless unit. So I was responsible for supervising a, I mean, it went from anywhere to like 50 to hundred people that were on probation. And one thing I noticed was that the interventions and things that were offered and even court ordered for, let's say, for example, like rehab type stuff, like drug interventions and things were so ineffective, <laughs> so ineffective because it was, you know, even some of the things with um, like the alcohol treatment was teaching people, they were powerless to their addiction, which I don't, I don't believe that to be true. And so similar things with that, there were a couple of personal things. Like I struggled with acne from very young age up until my late twenties and early, very early 30s. I'm 32 now. And I just have gotten to the point where my skin is not breaking out. And so it was also like this thing where I tried, tried everything conventionally for that. And literally the only thing that created this, um, harmony within my skin, it was like kind of this last level. And it was an energy, Healing, I had experienced this um, healer just held the most beautiful sacred space I'd ever experienced. And it came down to there was this identity structure in this character, if you will, that I had been playing. And it was all around the beliefs. I'm I'm too much. My light was too bright. And this came from childhood And I had this like vision of this costume on that was like, I can't be beautiful. There were all kinds of things wrapped up into this identity structure. And so once that was released, I saw an immediate change in my skin. And so there were several different components of it. But I think first and foremost, again, it was just that inner knowing, like we always know the truth and we always know intuitively what's right for us and what's best for us at that deep, deep level. And sometimes it can feel kind of mucked up with all the other stuff, but you always have that knowing. So I, I just feel that's important to point out.
0: Mm, I resonate so deeply with what you shared. Um, I too felt very connected to like a sense of spirituality from a really young age, even though my family isn't religious, it was like, I don't know. It was like, it was just with me from a child. And it's so funny how a lot of the time we find our way back to that inner knowing um even if it is kind of you know muddled up by conditioning or different things that happen different voices um i do definitely echo what you're saying that we all have this inner voice and this inner knowing and we need to really make a point of connecting with that because it will always show us the right way for ourselves and how interesting as well that you had that experience um you know with law enforcement and just kind of seeing these interventions that weren't very effective. Um, This is kind of a little bit off topic, but I would love for you to kind of give us some insight onto what you think may have been a more effective intervention or if anything could be kind of implemented in these systems anything in the world and there were no limitations, what would you love to see? Um, I think it's really interesting and unique that you have the perspective of that kind of background um, and now you're doing
1: what you're doing. So, yeah, if you can share, I would love to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in for this conversation and I would I think this is important conversation to have in all capacities of our criminal justice system and our just even like social work and things because it is such a system that creates this repetitive cyclical nature. And it's not really to where someone starts and ends and where they're in this place of, oh, okay, I have some tools. (laughs) We see a lot of recidivism, which is just the reoffending. So to answer your question, I feel that definitely some of the more conscious practices such as holistic healing energy work. And what I found too, I want to preface this with energy work. It's not one size fits all. So it's like the, the type of energy work I do might work and be so expansive for a certain group of people, whereas others might resonate with sound healing or with a daily meditation practice or working with a different practitioner. So I feel a variety of offerings that are more conscious and that get to the root because the thing is, is a lot of the kind of conventional things we can look at like a tree, for example, we can trim the leaves off a tree, but they're going to grow back. Cause if we pull it out at the root, then there we go. We have a, a, something to work with there. It's not going to continue to be that cyclical repeat pattern. Um, one thing that I do, which is kind of, I, I guess it's not super random, but, um, I don't know if you're familiar with scalar energy. It's a remote energy healing and the, uh, I've had a conversation on my podcast with Tom Palladino, who does, he he's, has these instruments. It's like harnessing energy from the stars and from this, it's scalar light energy. So it's the same as like Tesla energy. And he has a program that is specifically for addiction. And so I, that would be something super interesting to do, even just like a case study on that and to see if there was a change and if it did help people. So I think there's a variety of different things. And I feel that we are moving in a direction to where it's becoming more societally acceptable for some of this stuff. But I think that potentially like the medical and the criminal justice, like those may kind of be the last to follow, (laughs) but I do love that question. And I feel that again, it's, it's just a variety of things, but just bringing the whole person back in. Cause a lot of these different conventional things, they kind of piecemeal it. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's like, if we, if, if we want conventional medicine for, you know, you have a heart problem, it's like, okay, go to the cardiologist rather than, well, let's go down the levels and layers of maybe emotionally what's causing this because dis-ease in the body always tells me that there is something way, way, way Far deeper than, than the, just the physical ailment. And so it takes all those things, the mental, the emotional, the physical, the spiritual, the soul, all the things right down into account. And it really addresses it from that kind of wholeness perspective, rather than just, Oh, you have a sniffle here, take a, you know, a antibiotic or uh, whatever, whatever the the thing that they're prescribing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. My head is just like bursting right now with so many different points that I want to expand on with what you shared. Um, (laughs) I guess the first one is, you know, really looking at what aspects actually make a person well. Um, And I think it's so it's really heartbreaking, actually, like a lot of the systems that we do have in place that are just so underfunded, um, that it's like we don't have the resources or it's just not really a priority. It's kind of like putting a Band-Aid over the issue instead of really looking at the root and like healing the wound. And I remember um, for a short time after high school, actually so long ago, I went to Guatemala and I remember volunteering at this center. It was like some kind of, I don't know, like probation or like reconciliation center for people who were, um, I guess they were being penalized for various crimes. And the center really focused on some key aspects which I feel like are relevant to a person's well being, no matter who you are, and they were community purpose and connection. And so these people were they all had different jobs to do, like maybe it was cooking for the community um, of people who were all sharing the space, or maybe it was tending to the garden, or maybe it was upkeep around the facilities. Um, and just giving people the chance to feel purposeful and feel like they were contributing each day and then continuing to actually facilitate a community experience rather than like, we're all inmates in this jail cell and like out to get each other, you know? Um, There wasn't that level of like aggression that was being perpetuated. It was like, we are here to share this space as a community. And there was definitely a language barrier like I didn't have very good Spanish skills and they mostly spoke Spanish so I wasn't fully across like all of the dynamics and there's a lot more nuance to it but from what I did observe it seemed like just so much more effective and supportive and something that could really heal a person and create a, a real change for their lives instead of just this cyclical issue of um, creating a, like having a, a crime and then being punished, and then going back out into the system, and just so on and so forth. And it's interesting because I think this kind of cyclical nature, when we don't get to the root of a problem, repeats itself in so many different aspects of our society, and something that is probably a little bit more relatable to some of the listeners. And um, I know that you've touched on it, but with my personal health journey, even, like, experiencing chronic gut health issues from a young age not looking at the whole person and not being able to treat like the emotional and spiritual element and the relational element as well as the physical it just perpetuated the problem until i really stepped back and looked at what are the beliefs the emotions the experiences that are all contributing to this issue and what might this really um what might this symptom really be pointing towards and so I think I guess the main takeaway from these various kind of aspects and examples is just the value of treating people as a whole being instead of kind of separate elements that are all disconnected and really looking at the root of a problem in order to create a true change so I think, you know, this is something that we're clearly both on the same page about, which is awesome and something that I think we're both pretty passionate about. And so kind of switching gears a little bit and um, moving into the topic of the dark night of the soul, I would love to hear a little bit more about even like some of the issues that were maybe symptoms showing you that there was something to look at there Um but that may be when ignored or brushed under the rug,
1: leading up to your dark night at the soul? Yeah, there were a lot. The first one that I mentioned with my acne in, because it's like our body's always trying to get our attention. <laughs> you don't just have a pain in your hip for no reason, right? So if everything's energy at the very foundational level, it's carrying an energetic frequency. And so the low vibrational frequencies will show up in the body as the manifestation is of the physical ailment. So the acne for me was one big one. Another big one in the body was... I had so much tightness in my hips so much to where I thought it was normal. And since on this journey, I've actually had different bouts of feeling this energy. When I, before I started this work, I didn't know that you could feel energy moving in your body. (laughs) So I've experienced a lot of that. And then another big one was in um, conjunction and it was around the relationships. One thing that I did do was that I was always in that place of the, I'll I'll just call it codependency it was this need to have somebody it was this need to be loved but it was interesting because it was pushing up against that identity structure that I mentioned earlier that I'm not worthy that I'm not good enough that everyone leaves and so it was it showed manifested in this very interesting way because I feel uh, you know I know a lot of women who have experienced this as well to where it's like we are, and we, we were talking earlier about the outsourcing. It's like, we're plugging in to someone else's connection and looking for them to fill some sort of emptiness inside of us. But really the true, the true beauty and harmony is in plugging into our own self and sourcing from our own source connection. So That was something that was very pain ended up being very painful for me because I continued to play these cycles out on repeat where it would be kind of the pattern for, for most of it. And it wasn't always the same, but it was this, the, the relationships would often start off with this kind of chemical. It was felt very like addictive. Like it was like that addiction type energy, And then there would be this point in which there'd be a complete pulling back from the other person. And then oftentimes it would end up where I'd be in a state of collapse, which for, for the feminine, for us, when we're in a state of collapse, it's like, you can't really create from that state. You're just merely surviving. And so this played out for quite some time up until last year. So I'll also say this with these dark night of the soul it's like almost a death and a rebirth but for me there have been many of them and so it's like that part of you that's you can even call it transitioning because it's just can't go with us where we're headed, especially when you've chosen to do this work and to really step into the truth of who you are. It it will show up. And sometimes you're like, I didn't ask for this, but like, yes, you did. <laughs> so last year it was kind of a culmination because I don't feel this anymore. It feels so neutral in my body. It feels so beautiful. I have the most beautiful relationship I've ever experienced in my life. And it actually my nervous system at the beginning was like, what is this? Because I'd never experienced something that was so harmonious to where I was like telling weird stories about it. And it had to like really sink in in my, my system that it was safe and it was okay. Cause it was so new. So last August, end of August, I had met this guy and we, it was, again, it was that crazy soul connection, the very addictive feeling, the hard and fast I dove head first all in when the thing is, too, is we always know at the very beginning, I knew in my heart of hearts that I was like, this is not going to end well, Amanda. But it's like I went in anyway, turned out fine because I was able to heal this very painful wound at a very deep level. But he it was several weeks and, you know, we were intimate and all these different things happen. And he literally like disappeared And there wasn't even, he wouldn't even have a phone conversation or anything. And so it really took me into this very dark place. And I'm like, I tried to stop looking at it from the lenses. Oh, I've already healed this because there are certain things in our lives where, you know, it may be very instant. We're able to shift something. And then there are some things that I found, at least in my personal experience, that can be like kind of layers because I had spent 30 years, give or take, reinforcing this story and living this out. And so, my system may have not been able to handle releasing all of it at once. And so it was like, okay, we're dealing with this aspect of it. And this aspect of it, like, thank you character for showing up and showing me this thing, even though it felt painful. So it was something that I feel a lot of us have experienced in one way, shape or another, in some, our own special flavor of it. But I have come to look at these things as painful as they might be as, okay, I have this opportunity and this gift because this person showed up. Now this massive trigger activation came up inside of me. And I'm like, okay, I can actually process it and let it go because that stuff was dormant in my body. And so again, it was, it was, uh, it was like probably the deepest I would call the dark night of the soul that I've ever experienced was just last year. And it was, it was probably a good six to eight month process, like just, Probably this year, January, is when it kind of felt that completion cycle. So yeah, it, <laughs> it was interesting.
0: <laughs> mm, thank you so much for sharing, Amanda. And there were so many things that you shared in that story that I was just like, oh, been there, girl. <laughs> like I feel you. And it is so interesting how it is these relationships that often show us where we need to heal Um, I truly believe that relationships are like the deepest initiation we can really have in life and the most um, profound mirrors for us and really like relationships are a spiritual doorway and pathway for growth and transformation and that's exactly why I do the work that I do Um, and yeah I, I hear so much of my story and what you shared as well and i'm sure so many of the listeners can relate to the feeling of just outsourcing your worth and it's almost like you're desperate for somebody else to choose you because you're not choosing yourself because you're like i do not feel worthy i do not feel good enough something within me is just not right but you don't really know that you don't have that awareness so it's like this desperate kind of energy of somebody else just choose me and fix me and love me and fill that space within me that is like feels like it's just gaping and broken and open and I think it is sometimes when we allow these people into our lives who hurt us on such a deep level that we start to open our eyes to the fact that we We are really allowing that, you know, and I think it's that shift from kind of victimhood of like, why does this keep happening to me, to, I guess, really being a creator, a conscious creator of your life and noticing like, I am allowing this, I am choosing this, and I have the power to choose something else. So let's really look at like, what is going on here that is driving me to make these choices and allow this in my life. Um, And so it sounds like your pathway to awakening happened over time with lots of small things that accumulated and then eventually it was this relationship that took form and just opened up this doorway for you to start exploring yourself on a new level. Um, And it sounds like our paths were actually very synchronistic because... um, I walked through my own dark night of the soul through the process of being in a challenging relationship in 2020. And it was that experience that really like broke me right down to the place of complete exhaustion. And I had to realize like, hold up, what am I actually doing? I have a choice here. Um, so I would love for you to explain to the listeners who maybe aren't so familiar with dark night of the soul or they don't really know what it involves, what it means what, how would you define the dark night of the soul? And what were some um, experiences that were involved in the dark night of the soul?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love, we're on the same wavelength on so many things. I, I call it conscious creation and victim consciousness. So I love that you said that, but I feel guided to mention first that it doesn't necessarily have to be like this crazy unfolding. Everybody's journey is unique. So I don't want to, you know, sit here and say for you listening that you're going to have this like crazy dark night unfolding. I actually... Um, interviewed this beautiful soul on my podcast and she had mentioned that she's had a very gentle unfolding and she's actually been reluctant to share it because she's like, I don't, I don't want people to think that I have it easy. And I'm like, girl, like let's normalize that it can be maybe, you know, maybe for you, it is for me, not so much. So the way that I would describe, I guess, or define this dark night of the soul is I'm going to start by explaining that. I feel that we all have this very expansive, we can call it a higher self, our super conscious, whatever we want to use to to label this field of like the, all the isness of us in conjunction with our source connection. So I believe that we are unique expressions of God. And when that's like the innate, like divine essence of it. And so what happens when we come into this 3d time-space reality And again, this is all just from my very humble perspective. So take what resonates and leave the rest. But when we come into this 3D perspective, we have to, like a certain amount of density, we have to basically take on to be in this human form first and foremost. And then when when we're young and when, you know, the very impressionable years and even later on, we can end up with different conditioning. We can end up with unresolved and undigested emotions all the imprints, all the density, all the stories, all the characters we take on, pretty much everything that is a lie and isn't you and never was and no judgment to any of this because I've literally walked um, all of this. <laughs> but all when all of this density is just like, sometimes it's like a trigger moment and people have like, people refer to it as like a Kundalini awakening. You may hear that term. And it's like this, almost like this trigger of some of the density because sometimes it's like, maybe there's so much we can't process all of it in one bout, but it's almost like the soul saying no more, no more. Like we can't keep going this way, whether it's the burnout from career, the unstable relationships, all the things that are deep down in your heart of hearts, in your soul, a big no that we're subscribing to where we're in this unconscious autopilot and just moving about life in literally when our soul has been removed from the equation. And so it's this surfacing of this density and an opportunity to process it because emotions, for example, it's like, Yesterday, I cried it out for like a half hour. I honestly don't even know why I was crying. To be honest with you, sometimes we don't need to know. Sometimes we really just, our body just needs that release. And it could have been something that happened when I was three. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I have more information and sometimes I just, I'm like, I don't need to know. I'm just going to (laughs) cry. So it's, again, just this density coming to the surface is in a very condensed version with all the other things I just mentioned, (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, emotion is really just energy in motion. And when we don't create space for it to move, it gets stuck. And over time, like that can compound and compound and compound. And I think that's where like, you know, coming back to basics of coping and healthy coping techniques, being able to give yourself space to breathe and exercise, move your body Um, move the energy through you, it can be such a great way to really manage um, the density that you are accumulating in your body. And so I guess, like, how would you really define the difference between a challenging season of life and a dark night of the soul? Like, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, oh, I still don't really get it, I still don't really know how this applies to what I'm going through, what are some, like, telltale signs that you might indicate, like, Okay, this is your version of Dark Night of the Soul, and this is what this really means, and how it um, how it applies to what's going to happen
1: for you next. I guess. Yeah, that's a good question. That's interesting. I'm just gonna feel into this for a moment because I feel like, yeah, it's um, differentiating differentiating between different seasons and a Dark Night of the Soul. So I feel that you know we can go through different seasons of life. My question would be. Is there like a conscious moving through these things, right? So there's a difference between, again, it kind of circles back to this like victim consciousness are you co-creating with the universe or are you a victim of circumstance and i mean cuz we can go through seasons of life like i actually feel like the rhythms of the seasons and stuff can work with us in conjunction to what we're going through like i personally feel like i'm in a season right now of creation and i'm so ready to create and and that sort of thing whereas you know last december i literally sometimes i could barely get myself out of bed and so I feel like these dark night of the soul I mean there's not really a time frame like I, there were times where I'm like I cannot believe I'm still in this density but what I've learned too is try not for us to try not to like shame the shame or judge the judgment and to just allow what's coming up because sometimes I feel that we're put into these different states to actually take that pause. It's like life life is forcing us to take the pause. And so I would also say that a dark night of the soul, I feel is for me personally, was a lot of emotional purging and a lot of. Support from the universe because sometimes I wouldn't even it would just be coming out of me and then there's honestly nothing for us to do other than to pause and be present and just kind of sit with it or you know, whatever we're guided to do. And then I feel kind of speaking to the question around like different seasons of life, it's, you know, those ebbs and those flows to where you're in creation mode and where sometimes you're kind of like, okay, I need to take a pause. And it might not mean that you're dealing with these intense struggles or these, this crazy amount of darkness that surfaced, but it can be kind of just following like those natural rhythms. And for me, I'll give an example. Like the other day I had a a handful of things kind of on my to-do list that I really wanted to get done. But my body was like, I, I, my body was not having it. My body was like, no, like there's literally nothing that we want to do right now, Amanda. So, (laughs) and so I actually honored that where in the past I would have Just been like, okay, no, I need to get it done. So I feel like we can even speak in seasons and really break it down into more digestible, bite sized things where it can just be like a day, you know, a day to day thing to where we can normalize these things. I always will use the example for when we have a physical ailment or sick, it's normal. We've normalized that we stay home and take care of ourselves. But when it's an emotional thing, it's a different story. It's like suck it up type of a thing. We have, I don't know if it's been full. I don't feel that it's been fully normalized that if you're dealing with something that's very heavy, that you can take those pauses. It's like we find it harder to give ourselves permission to pause and to nourish ourselves because if it is this emotion and maybe it's something that's going on presently, or maybe it's something that has been suppressed, that is ready to be seen, felt, heard, whatever it is. And so we have an opportunity to not stuff it back down. And so I don't know if that answers your question on kind of the difference of the two, (laughs) how at least I would explain it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what I'm hearing is, you know, a dark night of the soul really, comes down to an opportunity for us to shift from the victimhood consciousness to the creator consciousness. And I think, at least from my experience of this, it is kind of like another way to say that you're going through a spiritual awakening. Um, I deeply believe that we are spiritual beings having having a human experience rather than the other way around, but that's not really normalized um, in our society in the Western world, we, I think, can be pretty resistant to the idea of spirituality for so many different reasons. And so we're more likely to think like, oh, we are human beings who may potentially have a spiritual aspect to us. Um, And I think You know, the dark night of the soul is really a time in life where you're experiencing so much compound over time of unprocessed, undigested emotions and experiences and stories and patterns and um, roles that we're playing and it's really like life is giving you the chance to deconstruct all of that and it's like falling apart so that you can fall back together in a more aligned whole way i think a theme in this conversation has really been wholeness and looking at ourselves through that holistic lens you know as spiritual beings having a human experience when we go through the dark night of the soul it's like a chance to integrate that spiritual aspect of us and see that it's a part of our wholeness and really approach life from a new perspective and i think something that you said that really stood out to me was Um, you know, a lot of the stories are breaking down during that time of the dark night of the soul. And that was something that I noticed to be so true for myself in that stage of life. It was like all of these stories I was telling myself about, you know, this happened to me and this is what that means about me. I'm not worthy of love. I'm too much. I'm not enough. I'm XYZ. Like, all the stories that had just built up over time, it was like, You know, I had gone to therapy at times in life and thought that I dealt with it, but not really. It wasn't really dealing with it on an emotional, integrated, you know, spiritual level. And through my dark night of the soul, it was really these stories kind of falling to pieces and me really having to process, like, is this something I actually want to hold on to? Is this something I actually want to keep telling myself? Because I think up until that point... I wasn't really aware of the fact that these stories existed i knew that there was pain i knew that something wasn't right i thought i could be happier than i was i could see certain things in my life weren't maybe um what i wanted for myself you know i was having health problems and i kept attracting these emotionally unavailable men and i you know i would just randomly bawl my eyes out while watching gray's anatomy <laughs> but i didn't really know like what any of this meant for me i was just like okay i guess this is just life and then my dark night of the soul was like hold up there are stories here there's meaning i am making from this pain i've gone through in my life and let's release it let's move through it let's do what we mm-hmm. need to do so we can create new stories and i guess that's really You know, the difference between a tough season, I think a tough season, perhaps you have lessons that you learn from it, but it's not necessarily um, such a big shift in consciousness, whereas the dark night of the soul is really like the shift in your whole being, in your whole consciousness. Um, And I guess that's kind of, you know, how I would describe it at least. So... You know, on that note, I would love to hear from you. What are some of the many lessons and
1: key lessons that you've taken away from your journey so far? Well, first, I love everything you just summed up. I was like, that was so beautiful. So, thank you for that. (laughs) Feel like it just tied into what I said perfectly because, yeah, it's it's always nice to have multiple perspectives and things. And yeah, it's just like there's no right or wrong way to do this journey. So. Yeah. So gosh, some of the lessons I've learned along the way first, and we've already touched on this a bit, but always sourcing from our own source connection first, tuning in and really the thing is, is we always know, even if it's like just that first instinctual thing. And then our mind takes over and it's like, Oh, but we could do this, this, and this like, no, you do. So the, because some of the biggest kind of pitfalls, I guess I got into was when I put others on a pedestal and I, I didn't trust myself. And so that actually happened this past year, I had started working with a coach and then later turned business partner and there was so much going on in my life. So the last thing I thought that it was this, because I had already shared the story, but I was going through with that relationship. And so the last thing that I thought wasn't in alignment was this relationship because it was very subtle. So these things can actually be very subtle, but it was a way that I was giving my power away because it was like, I was afraid to make a decision because I didn't want her to not approve of my decision. And I take ownership for all of this. Um, but it was ended up kind of coming to a head to where I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't in alignment anymore. And, and I was like, I realized how I had just been kind of in the shadows of her creation. I was plugged into what she was doing, even like my content. If I look back at my content in the last year, it was so different than what I've been creating after I pulled out of that because it wasn't coming from my, it was, there were like these distortions plugged into somebody else's truth and things that didn't resonate. So first and foremost, always, you know, absolutely what's best for you. And you can absolutely, I, you know, I have different people that help me along my journey, but when that happens, it's like a heck yes, 10 out of 10. So if it's coming from a place of fear or like scarcity tactics, or someone is pressuring you, I would highly recommend like kind of looking at that from a more objective place. Cause I've been there before and I've fallen into that. And it's always been so beautiful when it's been like an absolute 10 out of 10. Yes. Like I'd love to, you know, work with this person or do a healing with them or collaborate or podcast with them or whatever it might be. So that kind of ties into the first thing I said. And another thing that has been such a beautiful tool for me was getting to know and understand my human design and my gene keys. So if anyone is new to any of those and it pings in your system might be something worth looking up because once again, we all have a different, unique way that we process energy. And so this just helped me in the way that I process energy. For example, I'm a sacral generator. And so one of my strategy is, are you really? I love it. <laughs> I could actually hear that in some of your responses because for us, sacral generators will make like a, mm, yeah, uh-huh," like those type of noises when we're like really excited about something. And so it's such a beautiful tool because for me, it's like in that gut where you get the yes or no response and for sacral generators, it's like that yes or no kind of immediate response. And sometimes you'll hear, mm, yeah, OK, like excitement. So it's just been another beautiful tool. So there's been a lot of things, but really, first and foremost, you know, absolutely what is best for you. And so always coming back to that is the truth, even if your life is riddled with trauma and you got the density and you haven't you know, processed all of it yet it doesn't matter because it really is. You can't forget who you are on a soul level. It's there. It just might feel, you might feel a little disconnected from it, but it never actually goes away. So when we can really be reminded of that, then it kind of takes the sting off it. And then the next thing I would say is this energy of presence. So I talk about three main things when I'm doing like this type of work with people. And one is conscious creation. The second is presence. And the third is the energy healing. So to me, presence is so beautiful because it's what's showing up right now. And what I mean by that is, for example, when I shared that I had cried, it was like, I had felt that energy coming up and I could have been like, oh no, like I just need to get on my tasks and do it. But I just knew deep down, it was like, okay, this isn't, I'm not feeling expansive. I know what the expansiveness feels like. I'm not feeling that I'm feeling density. So I'm just going to sit with this and just allow what is ready to come forward to come forward. And I know that it can sound maybe kind of daunting. You're like easier said than done, but it's like, practicing again, what works for you and how you are able to maybe even able to channel this energy. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe you go into meditation when you feel this, maybe you go for a run, not in a way to avoid it, but it's like, okay, I choose to see this. I choose to, you know, witness what's going to come up, whatever my body needs. I'm here for it. And I'll say lastly, one thing that I had said at the beginning of the year is that, okay, universe, I choose to see the truth. I am willing to see the truth. And since I have said that the most interesting things have been happening, it's like, okay, if you choose to see the truth, like everything has just been exposed on a whole new level. So that ties into the power of your consciousness and the power of choice, because sometimes we kind of forget how powerful we are and we've been led to believe otherwise, but really the power of choice and Choosing to see the truth, I found to be just game changing in my life.
0: Those are all such great um, tools and lessons and insights and wisdoms. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think people are going to find that really useful and I had a little laugh to myself when you were talking about the sacral generator responses because something I've actually had to do is learn to mute myself when I'm recording a podcast interview because my first few interviews I ever recorded I was like so engaged in the conversation that I was just constantly going like "Mm, yes yeah and like responding to people and it didn't sound good over the recording so it's so funny um that you said that because that is just so spot on and for anybody who is interested in human design um are you a human design reader
1: Amanda or no I am not a human design reader. Human design lights me the heck up. I do have a couple people that I would recommend, unless you know people. But yeah, it it's all I got a human design reading. And it was very helpful. And there's such amazing podcasts too that you know you can easily go on, pull your chart, and really get some amazing insight um as well. But yeah, I I, do, I have the same thing. I've had to watch myself because even as you were saying that, I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. so,
0: so funny. <laughs> um all right well i wanted to check in so otherwise i will pop um a link in the show notes for an amazing human design reader that i know for anybody who's interested in getting those done um and yeah i think just you know sometimes it really just is coming back to basics and for anybody who's listening to this right now and you know you're in a really tough place in life whether it's a dark night of the soul or just a tough season you know, really trusting yourself and being able to trust and surrender a little bit more to life. Something that I feel like you've spoken about today, Amanda, and I know it's a big part of your work, as it is mine, is really looking at conditioning. And I think so much of the time in this society, and especially I think for a lot of the women in this community, tend to be like really overachievers and you know we're very conditioned to want to control the outcome of things and to have so much resistance to difficulty and struggle because we want to see ourselves as worthy and I think it really does come back to that worthiness wound around feeling like you're not good enough and so you want to control your external circumstances because it gives you this sense of safety and good enough and um you know approval and acceptance from other people and society and xyz and so if you're listening to this and you're in a tough season i think i hope that this can be your permission slip to really embrace that and trust yourself and know that you are worthy just as you are and you have the tools you have the knowledge you have the awareness and the consciousness to guide you into your next phase and your stage and season of life, and this is not going to be forever. You can surrender to it and trust that it will end eventually, but what we resist persists. So resisting and not giving yourself the space and permission to feel into that difficulty isn't going to um, make it any easier on yourself. So that is what I would love to share with you if you're listening and you're in a tough place. Amanda, is there anything that you would love to share to a woman who is struggling and just looking for a bit of light at the end of the tunnel or some encouraging words?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The first thing that just I feel that is helpful here and you already kind of mentioned parts of this is is you're not broken and you don't need to be fixed, even if you enter into this healing work and, and all of that. It's there are a lot of things societally on this planet that are really designed to pull us away from ourselves. And so if you're listening to this podcast that already indicates that you are open, you're open. And maybe even if you haven't started, um, I don't want it to sound like a daunting journey because at the end of the day, I know we've talked about some of the nuances of dark night of the soul and the emotions and kind of the messiness of this, but at the end of the day, it's like I wouldn't have it any other way because once you really, really get a taste of – the truth of who you are it's like you you can't unknow it <laughs> so there's like this energy of knowing something and then knowing it knowing it and so i feel when you really start to see glimpses of this because even like on the ups and downs of this dark night of the soul journey i've had experienced like different bouts where i would maybe even have a week and i just literally feel like i was on cloud nine and so i truly believe that where we're headed and I refer to it as like this new earth type of energy, a type of template, whatever you want to call it. But to me, it's just this paradigm shifting. It's like this embodiment of heaven on earth and it's within and without. And so it starts individually within, and then we get to experience it in our physical reality because yeah, we can have different things of struggle and all the things. But one thing I I would say too, if you are struggling, where are you in this energy of force? Where are you in this energy of kind of like that masculine, like production and move, 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 because that's usually, and I'm not saying all, but most of the women I've worked with and in my experience, because I've been one is that is. A lot of us that we enter into that thing because it's like we feel that there's something we have to prove, and then we get sucked into all the external accolades and all the things, and we have all the physical stuff. But then once we arrive there, we're like, "Ooh, well, where's my soul?" <laughs> so bringing our soul back into this equation, and it can be a beautiful unfolding. And also, I will say, it's just like take it day by day, and even simpler, take it moment by moment, because it's like if we look so far into the future it can feel like there's so much and then that can cause that anxiety. But when we are like, okay, what's showing up today? And again, maybe that's a cry and going to your favorite place, the self, the self-love practices. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's just really filling yourself up first. And that is just no one size fits all for that. And so you can kind of navigate if you like additional support. And I would really use that discernment piece when, when seeking out support, because there are some just amazing, beautiful souls that I've worked with and Desiree, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. And in connecting with you, I know you're one of them. But there's also you know, kind of that discernment in in the spiritual community too that you have to use because I've come across people who maybe aren't of the purest intention. So if you are gonna seek out support, really tune into your intuition and um, feel into that because um, the right person can just really, really help you kind of hold space for you in that beautiful way and help you with tools that you can continue to use because it should be an empowering journey. It shouldn't be a dynamic where you feel, more codependency because you need your healer, your reader. (laughs) I've had that too, where I'm just like, I need 17 readings to figure out if he's coming back. It's like, okay, Amanda, like settle down. (laughs) So no judgment because I've been through it. (laughs) I
0: love that so much. I love that you shared, you know, you're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. That is something that I just think is so important for anybody to really anchor in and know um, anyone who's on this healing journey. And I have to apologize if you can hear that noise in the background. For anybody who hasn't um, worked with me before, I live under a flight path. So sometimes there's a lot of noise. Um, So if you've been hearing like some whooshes going on in the background, that's what that
1: is. Like
0: Um, airplanes? Airplanes? Yeah. Airplanes flying over my house.
1: (laughs) That's kind of cool. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you heard it earlier, but my dog was squeaking on his ball. It might've sounded like a bird. I don't have birds. I just have a dog that likes to play with his, his balls. Sometimes when I'm recording, I'm like, buddy, stop. (laughs) Honestly, sometimes, you know,
0: life is just happening always all around us. And we just have to embrace it but it is always funny um, when people can't see what's going on or they're not aware of the environment that something's being recorded in and there's all these background noises um, but yeah thank you so much for sharing Amanda I really appreciate you coming on today and I've just loved our conversation there were so many golden nuggets throughout and your story is just so amazing and Something that I resonate with so much and I think a lot of um, the beautiful humans in this community will resonate as well. So thank you so much for sharing openly and vulnerably and just bringing your beautiful energy to the table. Um, So I'd love for you to just share with the community where people can find you, um, how they can work with you, how they can connect with you. And one final question which I love asking all my guests as well is to share something that you're doing right now that's really lighting you up.
1: I love it. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Desiree, for having me. This has been amazing, beautiful conversation. So, um, one of the I'll start with the thing that's lighting me up, and that is actually my podcast channel. <laughs> I am absolute, I love podcasting so, much. Have beautiful, expansive conversations, and really just share and um, just reach a lot of people doing it. So I absolutely love that, and. I would say, the, okay, I was like, <laughs> just cut out. Um, and where you can find me, Instagram's the main place I hang out on social media. It's just under my name, Amanda Monier, and then my website, which is Amanda Monier. So just my name.
0: Wonderful. I'll definitely make sure to pop some of those links in the show notes. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on today, Amanda. It was
1: so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It means the absolute world to be able to connect with you. This is an independently run podcast, so the more people who spread the word, the better. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take some time to leave a five-star review, share it on social media, or with a friend who you think would love it. I would be so grateful. Until next time.